I don't know if you're if you can see that, but yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Right? That's what we're talking about. But unlocking the possibilities, the only way to unlock the possibility of collaboration and getting to yes is parking your ego. Yeah. And, and realizing that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, as you said, but you have to be an excellent facilitator to get people to want to contribute. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of different topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. My guest is David Savage. David coaches leaders through complex challenges to turn them into significant opportunities and talks about critical thinking, change, innovation, leadership, collaboration, and sustainability. David brings expertise, experience, and leadership, including oil and gas, renewable energy, healthcare, entrepreneurship, stakeholder engagement, business development, coaching, and conflict management. Over a 10 year period, David and his partners collaborated to develop five companies and four nonprofits. Since 2007, Savage Management has focused on building capacity, innovation, and accountability in people and in between organizations and communities. David has written a number of books, Better by Design, Your Best Collaboration Guide, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, The Collaboration Podcast Series, Book One, The Foundations for Collaboration. Book Two, The Collaborative Guest Podcast. Book Three, The Ten Essential Steps. And Book Four, Unlocking the Possible. David has a unique viewpoint on what collaboration means, what it does, and what it isn't. So before we get to the interview, just a few housekeeping items. Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv is available for purchase on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. If you want to learn more about the book or order a copy, go to offscriptimprov.com and order your copy by clicking the click to order button. If you want to buy 10 or more books, please contact me so I can offer you a bulk discount. You can reach me through my email at peter at petermargaritas.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast episode with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it if you leave a review of this show wherever you download your podcast from. Also visit my YouTube channel, Peter A. Margaritas, CSP, CPA, Biz Improv Virtuoso, where you can see previous podcast video episodes along with this one. 
While you're there, just hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any updates. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders. A story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to you with David Savage. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, I come across a lot of people uh, in doing this podcast and I get a lot of pitches from podcast bookers, but this gentleman here, I, I, the first time we were meeting, but he wrote a book, Breakthrough to Yes. And that immediately caught my eye. And I said, I gotta have David Savage on my podcast. So first and foremost, David, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with me on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let, let's go back some years. And I think he says around 2016, maybe when you started writing this book, Breakthrough to Yes. So what, what, what was it that you felt like you needed to write this book at that point in time? I will say two things, Peter. Uh, one is in the years prior, I was uh, befriended. I became uh, part of uh connection to the people at the Harvard program and negotiation and brilliant people, wonderful people. Uh, and I said to them, this is great, but uh, you've never actually been in business. I've been in business all my career. So I'm going to write a book. And they said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, second thing is uh, I really believe in teamwork and team building and organizational development and collaboration. When I looked around the field of, collaborative intelligence, there wasn't very much in 2014 through 2016. And the books that I found, Peter, were that were published, were only ever published by one or two people. And I thought, how, how can you be in integrity when you're writing about collaboration and you're writing your own story? So I reached out and in my books, I've got uh, 100 experts from eight different countries giving their insight. And I, and I want to role model that, that in fact, uh, I don't have to be the expert. I don't have to be right. Uh, listen to all the voices. And many of the voices uh, taught me uh, that I've included in my book. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that, what, what a way to walk the talk 
but collaborate on this book. And I, I need to give this, the subtitle to it, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. So do you feel through this collaboration of this book and the, these stories, do you, feel, do you feel collaboration is something that's embraced or is it just a buzzword we'd like to use in the corporate world? Unfortunately, collaboration has become like sustainability or ESG or investor relations or all of those things where they've just really been ignored and spoken uh, without actually knowing what they are. Uh, so oftentimes uh, people said, oh, yeah, we collaborated. But no, you didn't. You had a meeting. And oftentimes the leader told you what she or he wanted to do and tried to set it up so it looked like it was a, a team event. So I really uh, I'm, I'm want us to go much deeper in how we lead. So one of the things I offer in my uh, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration is a 10-step process and essential to effective, successful collaboration. And holding a meeting doesn't actually come until step five. That's, that's fairly uncommon, but I want us to be really intentional as to you know, bringing in all the voices, really being true as to what our goal is, and focusing on accountability. So there's so much we can all learn, so much I'm still learning about collaborative leadership. So what, what, you mentioned the 10 essential steps of collaboration. What's the first one? Sorry? Well, what's, what's, what's the number one step? Uh, set step. intention. Set intention. intention. So what, what is my true and honest intention? Am I trying to call a group of my people into a boardroom and I've got this idea and I want them to ratify it? Well, if that's the case, then I better tell them right away because trust is increasingly weakened by uh, weak leaders. Uh, absolutely. Um, so do you mind walking through the 10 briefly for me? Because I'm, I'm curious about what the other nine are. Yeah, I'll, I'll just touch on some of them. Yeah. Um, and, and and those 10 steps are on my website, davidbsavage.com. So anybody, uh, any of your listeners can check that out. But, um, you know, setting intention, you know, are you really being true and purposeful? Are you really open? Um, one of the steps is embrace conflict. I love conflict. You know, conflict can teach me so much because you will not fight me unless it's something that you care deeply about. And I need to understand what that is. And I've often in my career made my shareholders a lot of money because I listened and listened and listened and we adapted and collaborated to a better solution than I would have come up by myself. The other thing is there's some people that will pretend that they're really wanting to collaborate, but they're going to sit on the sidelines. Uh, that's the most difficult thing about leadership is people that will just sit in the room and listen and not really engage. Uh, simple things like how do we design the collaboration? Where are we meeting? If every time a business or an organization meets, it's around a rectangular table in a rectangular room, that's probably not the best for creativity. So little things like uh, a lot of uh, architects have been designing not only circles, but designing opportunities for uh, groups to get out in nature. You know, really, really let 
let the heart and the other side of the mind uh, really engage that uh, will not be engaged by spreadsheets and, and PowerPoints and all that stuff. Um, and, and of course, collaborative leadership, uh, I'll say two other things, Peter. One is uh, in my steps, it's actually be completely open to whatever comes because always it will come in a different form and with wisdom from very di uh, diverse perspectives, very different people. I really want to engage, you know, who are my clients? Who are my clients that I'm hoping to gain? And then, of course, collaboration. Another, we can just go in back to, it's a, it's a badly used word. Collaboration doesn't mean avoiding leadership. You know, once you get through the 10 steps, once you set your targets, then there is leadership and accountability and aligning rewards, re aligning recognition, aligning uh, resources to all of those. And those people that exceptionally excel, let's have a plan for that and make sure they expect that and they've earned it. They can work toward it. They can trust me. Secondly, those that are not successful, okay. How, how are we going to deal with that? What are we going to learn? But those that just sit on the sidelines or naysayers uh, are always throwing up the barriers and not working for uh, getting beyond the barriers. But there needs to be accountability there. This needs to be a high-performing team that trusts each other and mostly trusts you as their leader. Absolutely. Uh, I, I Apparently, I coined this I said this at one point in time, the collective knowledge outside of your office far exceeds the collective knowledge inside of your office. Bring your people in, listen to them, collaborate uh, and get things done. Cause you know, you don't, you, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to surround yourself with very smart people. Yeah. The, be the smartest person in the room by listening to all the voices and, and then creating that recipe um, Peter, you're a very smart guy. Um, and as we've talked before this interview, if you come out as everything that comes out is yours and, and you're the smartest guy in the room as the president, chairperson, you know, whatever, that's really not going to build a, a good team. You know, in a lot of ways, the, the top leader needs to be curious and needs to be a great facilitator. Absolutely. I witnessed this some years ago. I was working for Victoria's Secret Catalog, not as a model, David. Not as a model. <laughs> good thing. <laughs> good, good thing. And, and my job was international circulation manager. And the team went over to Japan. And I remember my boss and I were sitting in on this meeting. And the, the, the leader didn't sit at the end of the table, sat in the middle of the table. And he asked people to share what their thoughts were on the specific topic. Now, I'm getting this translated. So, and at one point he just puts his head down like, and I'm saying, is the guy sleeping? No, no, he was listening. He was intentively listening. And, and it gets all the way around the table. People share the thoughts and ideas. And he kind of looks up and basically says, first, thank you for sharing your thoughts and ideas. I've listened to all of you. Now let's take that and see what we can weave to create something. Uh, and I went, wow, that is, that is something that I've never witnessed ever again since that day. 
That's yeah, a I, mag- that's a magical experience when you experience that. It, it was it was it's exactly what it was very magical. But you know what? Uh, and prior to us talking, we we talked about the word ego. And clearly, this gentleman who was highest ranking official in the room, he has an ego because we all do, but it wasn't overdeveloped. And I think he was naturally curious about what everybody had to say. And um, and just talking to you, that's I hadn't thought about this story in a while. And what that's leadership right there. How can we, how can we, how can we? change the way leaders collaborate in the sense of being like that gentleman was in Japan, just listen to what everybody says, formulating stuff, and then let's go figure it out. Yeah. So I want to ask you that question because you're an expert in leadership. <laughs> I, for some reason, you took that extra pause. I said, I think this is coming. How did I just lose the host? It's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I lose the host? All that's like, because David's done podcasting before, and he's done it. Uh, you know what? I, I, I think, and, and I'm going to use your book as an example, because you shared something with me beforehand. And I said, it's the ability to, to let one's ego sit on the sideline. And you said, have you seen the cover of my book? And I'm looking right at it. I pulled it up on Amazon. I was reading about it. And he goes, you know, there's there's some letters that are kind of partially there, kind of shaded out. What are those letters, Pete? I want E. It's breakthrough to yes. The E is sh- uh, kind of shadowed out. The G, the O, and the S. And then, I, you know, so I'm, wow. He shadowed out the word sh- egos. Oh. I'll just, I don't know if you're, if you can see that, but yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Right that's there. what we're talking about. But uh, unlocking the possibilities, uh, the only way to unlock the possibility of collaboration and getting to yes is parking your ego. Yeah. And, and realizing that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, as you said, but you have to be an excellent facilitator to get people to one contribute and two to be able to foster that conversation moving forward. You know, one of the things that I've really noticed in the last 15 years is uh, the attractiveness of flat organizations, flat org charts instead of big pyramids. Um, what, I, what I find is too often the lead there, where it's the chairwoman, the president, whomever, the quarterback, um, they they do all the talking, they do all the visioning, they do. So basically they've slimmed out the org chart, but they've taken away a lot of the intelligence from it too. Uh, one of the techniques that I've used in you know, with some of my clients is I'll sit in on their weekly operations meeting and I'll just draw a line of communication, okay, around that table, who talked, who listened, who talked back. And at the end of the uh, meeting, usually a 60 or 90 minute meeting, I'll sit down with the leader of that group and just show them the lines. And way too often, those lines, 80% of the lines are between her and her senior people. And the other people in the room are just kind of wasting 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and everyone is reacting to her. So I'm using her or him. Mm-hmm. They interchangeably are, but uh, uh, 
leadership needs to recognize that you actually have people on your org chart, in your staff, whether whatever level of responsibility and demographic they have, you hired them for a reason. So let them give you back that reward. Absolutely reminds me of growing up. My, I remember hearing my father say, children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear him saying that, but I, I witnessed that in, in, in from leadership that if you're new and uh, to the organization, don't ask questions, don't make comments, sit there and be quiet and, and understand before you get involved. Or you can't say anything until you get aspire to a certain level within the organization, which is wrong. If, if I might, I, I love the free flow of this, Peter. So thank you for this. Um, I'm co-chairing an environmental sustainability rotary action group for my district, Eastern Washington and Southeastern British Columbia and Northern Idaho. And um, it's the young women that are teaching us the most. So too often when you talk about environmental protection, climate change, climate justice, uh, sustainability, everybody's guards get up because it's been so polarized, which is a ridiculous thing to do with our shared future. And when we open the, the mic to the young people, the people in our interact groups in, in our district, these young men and women are actually teaching us. It's their future that we're actually designing together. And they tell me this is the first place, the first room where we have a voice whether it's high school or university or our work, where I was told what to do, this is the first place. And the wraparound for me is I get to learn from them. I get to understand their underlying fears and their interests. But I also see within Rotary, it's bringing new life to this Rotary International. Far too long, Rotary International is a bunch of Romeos, you know, really old men who eat out. Um, people that uh, look like me and just sometimes get crabby in their, uh, their intelligence. And these uh, 16 to 18 year old young leaders in our district are teaching and they are bringing new blood, new passion, new ideas, new innovation to Rotary. So, so Oliver, from Nicosia, British Columbia. I asked him to, uh, if they could artistically uh, speak to what uh, environmental protection meant to them. And what he did was uh, wrote and then recorded a video, a song called Grow. And I've played that song to other Rotary groups. In fact, this weekend in Alberta, uh, I will be playing it as part of a, a talk I'm doing there. And it just inspires people to say, oh, my God, look at this young leader. Why aren't we listening to more of them? Where are they? Well, you look and you'll find. You know, I, I know you've written stuff. Uh, I'm going to do my um, homework about the great resignation. Yes. And I've interviewed a lot of people as it relates to that topic. But you just hit the nail on the head. They're leaving not because they're looking for more money. They're leaving because they want to be heard. Yeah. They want yeah. to be part, they want to be part of the solution. They don't want to be put in the corner. They want to be heard. Yeah. And and um, 
you know, it, it's something so simple. But once again, the E, the G, the O, and S are kind of muted out. That's where we need to be, but they're in bold, hard script in a lot of leaders that if we can just do that and listen to them, the, the, the fine act of just listening to somebody's thoughts and ideas without shooting them down is a sign of appreciation. Yeah. And for, for, those, for those of us that enjoy and somehow engage in sports, you know, whether you're a hockey player, a soccer player, you know, whatever it is, whether you're a race car driver, if you focus on the barrier, on the goalie, you're rarely going to actually score. If you focus on the back of the net or beyond the car crash, you will get there because that's your intention. So let's focus beyond all the nonsense, the polarization, the opinions. Uh, we have a very complex world which demands critical thinking and demands different perspectives, different ways of looking at this. So, yeah, I, I really feel that uh, this is a simple strategic advantage for those leaders and those organizations, for-profit, not-for-profit and government to say, well, the rest of the world is worried about uh, investor interest, worrying about uh, retaining their staff, can't find new staff or really understaffed. And they think that giving people, you know, a couple bucks an hour or more is going to change the issue, the challenge to attract those people. No, that's not good. You know, money helps, no doubt. You know, we all need to pay our bills. But if I feel that, Peter, you listen to me and I'm an important voice and I can collaborate and innovate together and we can dream together, I want to be there. That's where I want to work. Absolutely. And we need to focus more on doing that versus, you know, the, the control mechanism that we can, we can control people. And you said it earlier. You said it earlier. Trust your people. You hire them for a reason. Trust them. Because you remember before the pandemic, you can't work from home. You'll never get anything done. You'll be watching Ellen and eating bonbons. Oh, yeah. God, we all got to go home and work. Hey, it worked. Yeah. We, were, we, were, we were maybe even more productive. But now that the pandemic is sort of ending, now we're demanding to come back into the office. Mm, it sounds like it's still a trust issue. Yeah. And of course, yes, uh, when you and I can meet face to face and talk through things out and I learn a little bit about your son or you learn a little bit more about my interests, you know, that always improves the uh, efficiency of our communications going forward. Uh, and the flexibility that saying, okay, what are, what are the resources? What are the needs? What are the demands we have now? And, and how do we most effectively lead? That's the only way, you know, leading from the last century isn't going to attract a lot of loyalty. I, I, I'm a real strong advocate of business with purpose and business with purpose means why am I in business? What is the thing? What is my brand? What do people respect and preferentially pay me instead of somebody else? You know, the old paradigm of quarterly earnings and quick, fast, short-term profit without thinking about next year or 20 years from now, it doesn't work anymore. We have in a very intelligent world, very connected world, very wise world, whether you're a, you know, a 12-year-old uh, woman in Pakistan or a 
112 year old guy in uh, the Kootenays of British Columbia. We all have access to wisdom, but why are we doing what we're doing? If, if I can attract people because they feel I'm serving their needs, uh, confirming their dreams and helping them get there, that actually makes more money for my shareholders. Reduce the resistance, reduce the combat, improve the loyalty, reduce uh, staff losses. Lots of, lots of reasons to be on purpose. And, and if I might add to that, you know, we talked about the overused words of collaboration and sustainability, et cetera. You know, um, investors are demanding proper uh, ESG, environment and social governance reporting from boards of directors. Well, that's nice, but that's a government thing. That's a governance thing. Sustainability is what we act, how we do. Uh, purpose is, okay, what is the net benefit to you as my client? Are you better off you know, buying, purchasing, collaborating, supplying me? You know, Supply chain issues, mid-2022 are huge for us. Economic uncertainty is huge for us. How do I become your preferred supplier or your preferred buyer? Um, and it's because you believe that I will treat you fairly. We have the same sustainability goals. Uh, you can trust me. Whether, no matter what it says in the legal you know, massive document, you and I can sit down and have a conversation and figure it out. That's a real advantage today. Really is, but there's a, there's one thing that I, I think sometimes we forget about. To get to that point of respect and trust with our suppliers, our vendors, our people, doesn't happen over. It happens. Yeah. It takes time. And it's not it's, it's not a transaction. It's it's building a relationship. Yeah, it's not a trick. <laughs> it's not a trick. It's not a trick. But but uh, you know, a yeah. lot of times, in a, in a, well, you, you connect with somebody on LinkedIn. Next thing you know, they're selling to you. Yeah. Like you, you don't even know me. I don't even know who. Yeah, well, I know who you are, and I'm not going to do business with you because I don't really know you yet. But that that part of business has always been there. That we it, we build relationships, and we also, in the way I've always looked at it, if I've screwed up. I will be accountable and say, I screwed up. Now let's fix it. Right. Um, but that just takes time. It, it, it takes time. And it, it has to be on both sides of that coin. Yeah, what's well, uh, the African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I'm just realizing on LinkedIn, I've failed uh, to do something that uh, really frustrates me if I send out posts or articles or emails or phone calls and they never get acknowledged. It's like WTF, like, should I just stop? And oftentimes we're just all so busy. We all have, you know, 10 to hundred emails a day. We might really like it, but we never actually say we really like it. And, I, and I've noticed that Peter in the last three years, especially on LinkedIn, a lot of people want to connect with us because they want to sell us some program or some guarantee or whatever. And, you know, I just don't accept those anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I also invite you and others to uh, 
connect with me because I think we have similar interests, similar dreams. Well, I guess my commitment in this moment is uh, from now on, when somebody accepts or invites, I'm simply, I will respond to them saying, thank you. Here's something about you that uh, I really appreciate. Wouldn't that be a nice switch? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a, a rewarding way to start the next evolution to say, you know, with that, I'm going to remember that savage guy. He, he actually practices what he preaches. Brilliant, David. That, that, that's brilliant. We all get, okay, click. Okay, we're at. Versus, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm bad at this. Thing. Yeah, I, I'll accept. But what I need to do is go to their profile, look at it, see if we know somebody who's the same in both of our networks. Find something and go, look, David, I, I see that you're an expert on collaboration. Collaboration is one of my key things. Uh, looking forward to connecting it and, 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 collab and collaborating on maybe some future stuff, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So we're failures together, Peter. <laughs> we, we don't do that enough. And, and you know, early days, it's important to, okay, I want to have 10,000 connections on LinkedIn. Well, so what? You know, what if I had four that were really powerful and we could do magic together? Uh, absolutely. And, and you're right. You said the F word, failure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you know something? If we take the word fail and create an acronym for it, it's called first attempt at learning. Yeah. I think we all, we all want to be perfect, but we can't because we're human. We do fail. It's just, the, and this is what I'm, I'm trying to work with my, my 22, soon to be 22-year-old son. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Just don't continue to fail doing the exact same thing over and over yeah. again. But he's, you know, younger he did it. I taught him how to fail. He was asking, trying to ask girls out. He was failing. We'll go find someone to ask. And then he asked this woman. She said, yes. And then he thought he had game. I said, no, you don't suck. You don't have game yet. You just, just got to keep working at it. Just keep yeah. working and allow yourself to fail. Learn from it. Because that's the only way we get better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm remembering my early days as a boy and thinking, you know, I didn't want to get on the ice and show people that I had no idea how to skate. Well, <laughs> unless I did that a hundred times, I would never have any idea how to skate. Right. Uh, another, actually, if I might, one of my favorite books in the last year and a half is uh, Adam Grant's Think Again. Yes. You've probably read that, Peter. I have. I have read that. Yes, I have. Yes. One, uh, if I might, I'd just like to read a quote. It takes humility to reconsider our past commitments, doubt to question our future decisions, curiosity to reimagine our future plans. What we discover along the way can free us from the shackles of our familiar surroundings and our former selves. Boy, there's freedom. Um, yes, <laughs> I just, I'm just sitting there. What, what, do you remember what chapter in the book it is? Cause I, I have, I have the book. I want to go, I want to go find that and reread that over and over again. I, I've got the book uh, in front of me, but, uh, I will probably, I will probably, uh, send you the chapter, but for your, for yeah. your listeners, your viewers, yeah. um, but it is brilliant. Just, uh, just to realize that uh, 
the barrier to communication is, uh, in fact, uh, me thinking I know it all, because then I don't really need to learn anything from Peter. And the second thing is to say, well, why, why am I trapped in my beliefs, whether it's religious, business, political? What if I actually had a wholesome learning conversation with you on things that we really disagree on? You know, number one, you show me the respect by listening to me. Number two, I learned something that I probably didn't know before. You know, those collaborative learning conversations are, are critical. So I know we have a very short period of time, but uh, I think curiosity is one of the greatest strengths of a leader. Um, I've been speaking for a couple of years now and hope to publish a book called Nobody Gets to Be Right. You know, what if we came from that perspective of curiosity and realizing my beliefs, my perspectives, the, the story that I tell, tell myself about who I am uh, 10,000 times a day is incomplete. And you can help me round it out. So in, in his book, is, is he the gentleman that went to, uh, was it a white supremacist or whatever, was trying to get a better understand? I, I have to go back. I have, I have to go back and reread the book because there, there was something about you know that curiosity about the other person yeah. and, and trying to get them to trying to drop the biases and, and the fear and everything and just having that conversation. Yeah, I, I'm not remembering that part of the, yeah. the think again. Uh, one of the early stories um, is where he. He talks about the global debate challenge by uh, two world-class debaters who are also very young. And both of them go head to head. And uh, uh, I think there's something like 70% of the people that were gonna vote for debater A ended up changing their minds and voted for debater B. And there was uh, two key things around that. Is debater B actually only had two key points. <laughs> They didn't overload with, a, here's a hundred reasons why I'm right. Here's just two things about why Peter is the greatest podcaster in the world. Um, the, the other thing is the debater B, ask questions. Debater A only made proclamations. And after uh, Adam Grant tells you that story about B winning the debate, then he tells you that A was actually a computer that had uh, gigabytes of wisdom and knowledge on this subject, but just could not win over people with data, 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 data. It was the curiosity and the humanness and the simplicity of debater B. Well, that hit on a lot of, on a lot of uh, areas of the world that I live in with accounting and finance folks who just love to get data, 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 data. Yeah. And and I and and I just did a session for a client over the last week. Came upon an exercise similar to that, and um, said, "Well, you only had five minutes or ten minutes. Why didn't you just ask? So, what's going on? What's keeping you up at night? And let them give you the roadmap to explore versus we trying to supply that roadmap, only to realize maybe it's out of." gas or doesn't you know, I can't get there yeah. from here uh, 
But it's, I love I love that curiosity uh, aspect. So when you, when is that book going to come out, David? Uh, well, I'm work I'm working on actually uh, three books right now. But bef <laughs> before I answer that question, um, uh, Peter, I just want to say here's another tool and technique for your listeners your, and your viewers is uh, ask the ten people most important to your organization uh, to give you one word that represents what you do, and then ask. You know, go out to 10 future clients or customers or suppliers and ask them, tell me one word about you know, what my company is. And that, that will surprise you. So uh, this is linking back to the business with purpose. You know, the, I stand because I create shared value. I, you benefit. We all learn together, et cetera. Um, and it, it's a surprising and very simple technique that in 10 very brief Telephone conversations, zooms, or or uh, coffees—you can you can really assess how effective your brand is. Uh, my three books, uh, nobody gets to be right, um, and all these I'm planning to release in 2023. Nobody gets to be right. It's about curiosity as a leadership skill, and how I've gained and my shareholders have gained from curiosity as opposed to fighting that I'm right because too often I'm not. Uh, the other one is uh, uh, creating a historical fiction based on my father's experience in World War II, uh, blowing up bridges behind the Nazis as a Canadian engineer. And that in telling those stories to my family and my kids and my grandkids, uh, Remembrance Day has become way more meaningful to them when they, they get into the experience of what it would, must have been for my father at 23 years old, uh, leading 75 men behind enemy lines in France. Uh, the one that I'm probably most excited about is a book that I'm writing with uh, my 12-year-old granddaughter and 14-year-old grandson. My, it's a young adult fiction, and it is a fictional book about one of our favorite places, uh, Tulamine, British Columbia. And it could be a horror story, but it turns into a story about oneness, about environmental protection, and about letting go of our assumptions of what the world really is and just be opening to what is actually here now. And by writing this book with my two grandchildren, and of course, my five grandchildren are the lead characters, I'm hoping to build the awareness that they can be whatever they want to be. It's not about me writing more books it's about them realizing hey in these platforms that we have today they can have our shared book in a teenager's hand in afghanistan may not ever make money on it but they exercise their power and grow their sense of possibilities so those are the three books peter David, you will, I will get you back on this podcast again. Um, this has been eye-opening, uh, exhilarating, and just enjoyed the conversation immensely. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to do this. Um, I, I will have you back on the podcast, especially as you get closer to those, those newer books for next year. Um, and, and want to really kind of Talk to you about them. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about those three books. So thank you for reaching out, Peter, and I uh, really appreciate the way you lead. 
I appreciate thank it. You. Thank, thank you very much. I want to thank David for his thoughts and stories around the power of collaboration. It was a fascinating conversation that we had. And remember, collaboration is powerful. Also remember, there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have, and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. Be a yes person. And thank you for listening. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.